There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. It is another Friday edition of the podcast, how we thank the Lord for the good week he has given us. We thank the Lord that we've been home this week. What a blessing that's been. We're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do on Sunday We'll be with the Mount Alto Bible Baptist Church, meeting there in the alternate fire hall in Waynesboro. That's the old fire hall uh, where they have a little building on the side that they rent out. And the church uses that whenever they're expecting a little bit larger crowd than what they normally have. And so we pray that folks will come in. They're using this as evangelistic services. Uh, they want to outreach. I know there's a, some friends and family of church members there that are lost without Christ, and they're hoping that they'll come in, especially in this Christmas season. So pray for Brother Shank, Brother Lingenfelt, for the folks there. And uh, then also, then Sunday night at the Manassas Community Baptist Church, we'll be having our Christmas cantata. So pray about that if you would. Pray that visitors will come, the gospel will go out, that folks will hear truth in the church. And then we want to thank our international listeners. We've had folks listening, of course, some personal friends of ours up in Canada, eh? And uh, they listen and download frequently, so we thank the Lord for them. But we've also had folks even just recently from Denmark, from Belgium, the Netherlands, England, Australia. Uh, last month, we had a couple of times somebody from Seoul, Korea listened. And we had an African listener from the nation of Cameroon just recently, as well as a couple other places. So we thank God for our international listeners. Thanks to the Lord for those listening. And I pray this is a help and a blessing. We just believe the King James Bible. Uh, we just believe the Word of God. There's nothing else that uh, we're going to cling to, nothing else our hope is based on, except for the Word of God. And we're looking at the precepts of God today in Psalm 119. We've been in Psalm 119 now for two podcasts. This will be our third. And I look at precepts. But to, before I begin precepts, no coincidences in the Word of God. There's Psalm 19 and there's Psalm 119. In Psalm 19, and it's going to be a temptation not to sing it, but I realize that most of you listening don't want me to sing this, so I'm just going to quote the verses. But we sing it often as that beautiful psalm, one of those wonderful psalms we sing in the New Testament church. And he starts in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. More by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them 
there is great reward. And so as David writes this beautiful psalm of Psalm 19, we see the first mention is the law of the Lord. And again, I believe that all of these things are contained in the law of the Lord. This is one of the proof verses I meant to read this yesterday. It just slipped my mind as I was recording. But the law is the summation of his testimonies, his precepts, his statutes, his commandments, and ultimately his judgments. All of those are contained in the law of the Lord. And so he says the law of the Lord is perfect. There's no error. There's no flaws. It's absolute perfect. That's why men that are rebels hate the law. Ladies that despise law despise God. They despise uh, uh, the workings of God. They despise the actual name of God, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, because they despise his law. They think his law is unjust. They think his law is unfair. Even if you're pragmatic, you can look at the law of God and say, this is a good thing. It's not good to mark your body. It's not good to, to, to defile yourself with mankind. It's not good for you to uh, have incestual relationships. It's not good for you to be a violator. It's not good for you to have bad business practice. It's not good for you to be an unjust man. It's not good for you to be a whore. It's not good for you to be a whoremonger. I'm using Bible words there. You can be offended if you want. A whorish woman, the whoremonger, the fornicator, the adulterer. These are just pragmatically, these are terrible things. But then there's also those that defy their parents, those that curse their father and their mother, those that curse the Lord, those that take the name of the Lord in vain, that covetousness, that lust, that desire, the want for more and not believe that God will give us all of our need and that failure to believe that God will give us all of our need. Therefore, men despise the law of God. They always want more. They think more will make them better. They think that riches will give them position and give them power. Not understand that true riches come from above. These are not things of this earth, all in the law of God. And it's perfect, converting the soul. If you see yourself condemned under the law, you see yourself as a sinner under the law, then you come to repentance. And when you repent, you find saving faith in Jesus Christ. Why? He gives saving faith to every repentant sinner. I realize that's one of those contentious things to say today, but I believe I have scripture to prove that. We're justified by the faith of Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. There. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that's Jesus Christ, not me, and not of ourselves. He tells us that. It's not you. It's not works of righteousness which we have done. It's not your will that you're saved. It's not the will of man, the will of the flesh, but it's God that saves. By grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ. Jesus into all good works. That's what the law of God will do for you. It will condemn you. It'll show you your loss. It'll reveal your condition to you. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Why? It's an absolute. It's absolute truth. It's perfect truth. It doesn't need changed or altered or updated. I don't care how minor the word may seem. There's not one word in my King James Bible that needs updated because men have trouble understanding it. And the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of him is absolutely clean. There's no uncleanness in the fear of the Lord. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then he said, more to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. 
Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You see, the Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How do we seek him? We seek him in this blessed law. We seek him in these precepts. We seek him in his commandments. We seek him in the law of God. Again, no coincidence, Psalm 119 and Psalm 19. They go hand in hand together. They labor together. Psalm 119, many say, was most likely a Davidic psalm. I wouldn't say that dogmatically. But when you read Psalm 19 in the wording, you read Psalm 119. And I've always kind of just in my mind assumed it was David, even though it doesn't tell us it's David. It might have been a conglomeration. There might have been... Asaph may have helped write with him. Some of the sons of Korah may have helped him write these psalms, and David may have written these psalms. We don't know for sure. But he goes on in Psalm 119, and he says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Why? Because they've kept his testimonies. They've believed God. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. So again, I want to look at the precepts of Psalm 119. A precept really is a, it's a rule. It's an instruction. Sometimes it's a personal rule. It's an individual rule. The precepts of God's word are for every individual. They're for every man. And yet God gives us those for our betterment. He gives us for our safety. Our, the servant is warned. He tells us that in the Psalms. And so one after the other is, we fall away our works of the flesh and we peel off our works of iniquity and our transgressions and realize at the very core of who we are, we're a sinner, we're unjust, we're vile, we're wicked. It's the precepts of God directed to us individually that reveal our lost condition. That's why the law of God is perfect, converting the soul. It's instruction for conduct. It's how you live your life. And he tells us that's why we ought to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. That's never changed. That's going to continue to be that way. Why? It's in our conversation. Our conversation is in heavenly places, our manner of life, how we treat people, how we treat others, how we treat God, the things we say, the things we do, the places we go, all of those things are wrapped up in God's precepts. And that's why line must be upon line, line upon line, and then precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little there a little. And you take the word of God and you put those pieces together and it becomes a guide for life. It will keep you from iniquity. It will keep you from transgressing God's law. And God directs that to you individually. In verse 15 of Psalm 119, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. So our meditation ought to be in these manners of how we live our lives, how we conduct ourselves, the precepts of God. Verse 27 says, make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. And so the prayer there to the Lord is make me to understand the way of thy precepts, that not just the how, not the why, but the way. And today people ask why. Today they say, why would God do this? Why would God put me under this bondage? I believe it's part of the reason that people stay lost today when they've been enlightened. And they don't come to Christ because they're asking God, why? This doesn't make sense. Why is this in there? Why do I have to live this way? Why do I need to do this? Because inherently, you're a sinner. 
You're a wicked sinner. You're a vile sinner. I don't care how clean living you are. I got friends that have been saved out of gangs and prison and and, uh, violent gangs and violent life and felons and dope users and perverts and sodomites. And I've had friends of every walk of life. and, And we think how horrible those things are. But I've also seen little church girls get saved that seemingly never did anything wrong. I've seen young men raised in the house of God, had to be born of God. And they were birthed into Jesus Christ. Why? Because they had that need of Jesus Christ. They are wicked. They are sinners in the eyes of God. And so he says on this wise concerning the precepts, make me understand the way of thy precepts. Again, not the why. It's the way. And men ought to inquire of the way. Lord, show me the way. Show me the manner of life. Show me a life that's pleasing to you. Oh, as I watch young converts make decisions, and sometimes you want to just pull your hair out, sometimes you want to take them and shake them, but I realize that neither one of them is really that scriptural. I could go to Nehemiah and try to prove it, but it would be a failure. But the reality is that they have to see it. God has to show it to them. God has to show them the folly of their way, the error of their way, the things they do that are not pleasing to him. I've been saved for 25 years. I'm still as flawed and as frail and as foolish I feel sometimes as I was 25 years ago, but I look back and I realize how foolish I really was when I got saved. I realize how foilable my life was when I first got born of God and the error of my ways. And I didn't know how to conduct myself and didn't know how to live right. And the foolish acts and the shame, and the reproach that I brought upon not only myself, but then upon the Savior because I didn't know his precepts. And thank God he taught me his precepts. Thank God he showed me a manner of living that's pleasing to him, a way to live that is pleasing to him. I don't question it today. I don't believe. I believe I've matured to the point I no longer question why do we do this. If God shows me, I just try to do it or I go against God, rebel against God, pay a price for it. But God's trying to reveal his way. Verse 40, behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Why would you long after this? Because you want to be godly. You want to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. You want to be a peculiar people. You want to be a saint. You want to live right. And therefore, you seek the ways of God. Most people aren't looking for godliness. They're looking for relief. They're not looking to be holy. They're looking for some type of of, of an appearance of God to somehow manifest himself. They can have financial relief or physical relief and physical healing and, and, and the things that they love so much, but they're not seeking God just for their good pleasure, to enjoy him, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And all oh, my friend, if we just meditate in these things and if we would just long after his precepts. In verse 45, he said, and I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. And that's one of those great verses that tells us this doesn't put us in bondage. I don't live in bondage to the law. I don't live in bondage to my manner of living. This is something I do because it pleases God. This is something I do because I find pleasure in pleasing him. Verse 56, this I had because I kept thy precepts. What is that? I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. And so again, the remembrance, the meditation, the seeking, the searching. Verse 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. Now, that's something that needs to be preached pretty dogmatically. That's something that needs to be propagated, that we need to be friends, 
with those and be companions of those. A friend and a companion are two different things. I realize that. There's people I'm companions with, I'm not friends with. There's people I'm friends with, I'm not companions with. That's just reality. But to be companions, what does that mean? You have something in common. This man, Jesus Christ, holy living, godly living, not going to be shaken off of this. Verse 69, the proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. I hate to admit this, but I was shamed one day uh, in front of a Jewish scholar. I talked about that forged. I talked about they forged a lie. They took a lie, a little bit of truth, and they forged them together, meaning by force, they put two pieces together. And I took a very American meaning of the word forged, and I asked him what he thought in a group of people in front of a congregation. And he pondered slowly and was very kind, very gracious to me. And he said, well, Mr. McVeigh said that forged there is, he says, counterfeiting. And I said, oh, my goodness, I don't even know the scripture. I don't even know. I don't even know why I stand up here sometimes. And he didn't laugh. He was very kind to me. But really, it's a counterfeit. They take a, they take nothing and they make a lie out of it. But in spite of that, we keep the precepts of God. When the wicked rise up against us, we keep the precepts of God. When they forge that lie, take nothing, and just all of a sudden their lips spew out a lie, we keep God's precepts. Verse 78, let the proud be ashamed, for they deal perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. There it is again. Verse 87, they had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Glory to God. There's that law converting the soul. They've made me alive. They've taken that which was dead and gave me life. The precepts of God for my betterment. They're personal. They're directed at me. They're directed to me. And listen, it's personal, but it's personal in the congregation. They're directed to every person in the congregation. They're directed to every person listening to this podcast. It is personal that the Lord is telling you how to live. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. And that's not arrogance, that's the scripture. We just things I understand today that many men before me didn't understand because I've kept God's precepts. I have family members that have no understanding. They're older than me. and Many of them are much older than me, but they don't understand the precepts of God because they've never feared God. Psalm 104, or 119, 104 through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So it ought to be with the saints of God. You and I also ought to hate every false way. And there are many false ways, but God's way is the only way. His precepts, the truth directed to you individually will show you the way of God. It's just a matter of whether you want to receive it or not. It's just a matter of whether you want to deal with who you are and what you are that God can deal with you. In verse 128, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Isn't that interesting? Glory to God. Concerning all things to be right. The precepts of God will show you all things that are to be done. All things to be done right. If we'll believe the precepts. People say, well, there's things not in the scripture. When it comes to doing right, they're in the scripture. No, when it comes to doing wrong, men are so iniquitous, they can find things that aren't in Scripture. And so a lot of times, it's not. I'm not looking for a thou shalt not. I'm looking for a thou shalt. I'm not looking for something to say, you don't need to do this. I'm looking for something that tells me you do need to do this. And by the way, that will outweigh a lot of things in your life if you'll just believe that precept. Deliver me, verse 134, deliver me from the oppression 
of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Verse 141, I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. And I believe there, that's Jesus Christ. I believe that's that testimony in the tabernacle, that incense is beaten small. Verse 159, consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Two more verses, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. For all my ways are before thee. That's verse 168. So he tells the Lord, I've kept these things because my ways are before you. When my ways are your ways, it's pleasing to you. I've learned from experience, 25 years now being saved. I've learned when I'm out of fellowship with God, it's because I'm out of fellowship with God. There's oftentimes I'm ashamed. There's times that like Adam, I hide myself. That's just a saved man. I don't want to have to confront God. I don't want God to have to deal with me. That's why even in the morning that noon, will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. If we stay in contact with God, we find out his ways are far above our ways. When we're out of sorts with God, we hide from him. When we're distant from God, we hide our face from him. We have shameful things or uncleanness in our life. We don't want God to confront us about those things. Psalm 119 and 173, let thine hand help me. For I have chosen thy precepts. I know we've gone a little bit long today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's been a help to you. Remember, when you see precepts in the word of God that are directed to you, do take it personal. It is for you. The preaching of the word of God is for you. The preaching of the word of God is for each and every one of us. That's why I say you. It's you collectively to anybody that's listening, but it's personal because you are the person listening. So take God's precepts that way. Have a good weekend. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.